with Aaron and Polly, and maybe later Wayne. I'm Aaron. <laughs> this is Paul. And uh, we are recording this week's Funny Books in two parts. So uh, apparently Paul and Wayne are beefing and can't be in the same place at the same time. So I've got Paul with me today. And, uh, and you know, in, in the second half of the show, you might get Wayne. We'll see. We'll if, see. If, if, see he can if, put, if he behaves. If he can put his beef aside. <laughs> his be- put, put your beef aside. That's right. That's right. So anyway, that how sounds you doing, like Paul? a euphemism. Oh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Now I, I can't remember if we've talked about it on the show. I know you and I've talked about it offline, but you know, you, you got yourself one of them big green eggs. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so while while uh, you're beefing with Wayne, you're also beefing at home, making them good <laughs> burgers on the grill. I am. I am. You know, I um, what I I so I just got it. Um, Earlier this well, I guess it's July, so I guess around mid June I got it, and I've cooked on it a few times. I haven't branched into the smoking aspect yet of it. Um, just grilling, I've done burgers, hot dogs, sausages, chicken, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it all it all comes out very delicious. Now, uh, before the big green egg, were you much of a grillman? I enjoyed grilled food. I enjoyed smoked food. I will say, as an this is the first. Outdoor grill I've owned in my adult life. Wow. Yeah. You, 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 you popped your cherry with the big green egg. I did. You must be quite bow-legged right now. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, um, I'm excited about it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to start smoking with it. You know, part of the, my, uh, my thing right now, the reason I haven't used it as much as I would like to mm-hmm. Um, you said it's like a thousand degrees outside. Yeah, it is. It and, is. It's you know, like walking on the sun, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And when and we get the afternoon sun, so you know, standing in front of a uh, a grill and standing in the ninety degree heat, ninety plus degree heat, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 a toasty. And you know, I come out of it smelling like I cooked inside the grill, like I'm all smoky <laughs> and sweaty. Like I, I mean, I smell like a charcoal right yeah. now. Welcome to grilling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the the burger that I made tonight was delicious. Well, that's good. That's good. Do you have any secrets? I like, mean, I, like, I, like is your big secret the iodized salt? <laughs> <laughs> I, I will. I don't have a secret now, uh-huh. but I, I'm, I'm a seasoning guy. I, I love a well. You know, I'm because I'm, I I'm I'm definitely one of those guys that's like I will over season uh-huh. rather than under season. Um, you know, much other chagrin, but it's tasty. It's very tasty. Now, um, is uh, is is Jen one to get out there and grill, or is this strictly man space? Uh, I mean, she's welcome to, uh-huh. but it, you know, but she hasn't volunteered, and she has to- expressed no desire to do so. Like, I ought to get out there and see what that big green egg's all about. And none of those kind no, of no. conversations. No, no, she also doesn't really no, no stand outside in the heat. Uh-huh, uh huh. Yeah. Now, now come just- fall. Situation may be different. <laughs> she, but, she she asks when dinner will be brought to her. <laughs> yeah, she handles the the buns uh-huh. and cheese inside. Yeah, I would like to point out that that is a similar division of labor at my house. And <laughs> one of the things that I find amazing is, uh, you know, we've been you know uh, sheltering in place since March, right? And so we are very much sharing the dinner responsibilities uh, since we're both at home now. And uh, when Suzanne plans a meal, it apparently is in bounds for her to say, I plan dinner. You're going to grill this. (laughs) 
<laughs> and never is it has it ever been appropriate to say, I plan dinner, you're going to bake that. You know, never has that been in bounds. <laughs> Good luck with for that. Me. Yeah, let me yeah, know how that, that goes that's, for you. That's clearly out of bounds. But uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm uh, frequently amazed that 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 is uh, is considered in bounds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like there's a dual a double standard here. Well, there is, and I think you're going to encounter it as well. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. You know. Because, so I will say, you know, I cooked up this yummy, yummy chicken, uh-huh. and I cooked up a lot of it. So you know, we had plenty of leftovers for lunches and, and dinners throughout the the week. Mm-hmm. And so the other day, I so like I don't know, a few days ago, I made a quesadilla with the chicken, and I'm like, oh, this is delicious. Yeah. I'm gonna have another one of these the next day for lunch. <laughs> so the next day, I go down to the fridge, and I'm like, where's the chicken? There were there were plenty of chicken patties left, uh, ready for you know, ready for my quesadilla making. Uh-huh. And then I noticed the stack of containers with meal with you know like all these lunches that Jen pre-made for herself with the chicken and with like your rice. Chicken. She basically with, with my your chicken. chicken. She basically made herself burrito bowls. I'm like, you didn't want to use your chicken. You have to use <laughs> my chicken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, sorry, man. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> yeah. So, lest you think this is grilling with Aaron and Paulie, that you somehow uncovered a lost what? episode of Barbecue Pit Boys well, uh, also, here on Island Geek. G- gender inequities with, uh, <laughs> with Aaron and Polly. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what we need. Um, you, we are actually a comic book podcast, and there is comic book stuff to discuss. Um I don't know. It's weird. You know, we're, we're recording this on, I don't know, what the hell day is it? Wednesday. Wednesday. Actual Wednesday. new comic book day. Not new comic book Tuesday, but new comic book no. day. Marvel new comic book. Well, pretty much everyone except Everybody DC. else's new comic book day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, Dark Knight's Death Metal issue two came out, and we wanted to get on the mics and talk about that. But before we do, a couple of big news items came out. Um, today, you know, unrelated to DC, is that Netflix has announced that they are partnering with James Wan and Stan Sakai to do an animated series based on Usagi Yojimbo. I'm really excited about that. I, I, I think I, this is fantastic. I think this is great news. I, I cannot wait. I'm, I'm super excited. I, I love Usagi Yojimbo. Uh, a lot. <laughs> um, I, I'm super excited about it. I can't wait. Oh, I'm, I'm, I think it's a fantastic idea. There, it's going to be done as a CG animated series. Um, you know, it's it and uh, will involve Sakai. Uh, it is being titled Samurai Rabbi, or excuse me, Samurai Rabbit. Right. The Usagi Chronicles. I don't know why they wouldn't go with Usagi Yojimbo, but... I, I think they want I, to be a little bit more on the nose for people who have never heard of Usagi Yojimbo, right? That's true. Like, hey, it's a samurai rabbit show. Fucking watch it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I think they're just wanting to take any mystery out of it. Uh, and I'm fine with that. As long as they deliver a good show, you call it whatever the hell you need to call it. But, yeah, you know, I gotta say, Netflix is... Uh, Netflix is just buying up the comic book rights lately between, you know, the Miller stuff, the old guard, mm-hmm. um, the last days of American crime. I mean, they're just picking up the, you know, picking up these things and I'm excited. You know, we're, we're they, they are producing some great content. 
um, or and they're also producing some mediocre content. Um, <laughs> you know, I, but, I, heard, uh, I heard a review today. They were talking about the old guard, and uh, they're like, you know, it's the best action film I've seen all year. Now, of course, there haven't been any action films all year, so it's a low yeah. bar. But it's still <laughs> the best action film I've seen all year. You mean it's better than Bloodshot? <laughs> <laughs> now, I got to say, you know, I, I really enjoyed Old Guard. But, you know, I, I and, and I, I heard your your uh, feelings on the matter. And, you know, I, I even acknowledge some of the things that you pointed out. But I sure did enjoy it. And I enjoyed it the second time I watched it. Oh, I've yes. already watched twice. it twice. You know what you should do with your, well, technically, this one you have to pay for. Mm-hmm. But I highly recommend... It's not a comic book movie, hmm. but it is available on streaming platforms. Um, the Outpost. It is a, a new movie uh, is it featuring video on Scott demand? Eastwood. Yeah, video on demand. Um, okay. It features Scott Eastwood and Orlando Bloom. Huh. And um, there's a third actor in it whose name I don't recall, but he was in he was in Get Out. He's been in a number of things, and he's fantastic. Um, and so it is a true story uh, about a, a, you know a, a military outpost in. Uh, in during the Afghanistan war. And um, it, the the whole point of this outpost is that it's literally like in a valley surrounded by, by, by high ground. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it, it is basically, uh, you know, military outpost that is constantly under attack, like every day. Right. And they are always at a disadvantage um, from the, you know, they're under attack by the Taliban um, because they are like, Literally, they have the low ground. <laughs> They're always <laughs> at a disadvantage, and every day there's some type of assault attack on them. And uh, you know, the, the main crux of the story is that it's just a powder keg waiting to happen as the Taliban builds forces uh, to, to storm the base, and uh, it you know eventually happens. And it's a, a true story. The highly decorated soldiers lived and died um, in the battle, and it is surprisingly excellent. Huh. Um, you know, I, I was, I was, you know, I, I checked it out just out of curiosity. Um, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm always curious about Scott Eastwood, though I haven't seen anything where he's had to act. Um, you know, and I like Orlando Bloom, so I'm like, yeah, you know, let me check this thing out. You know, we rented it one night, and I was like, wow, I kind of wish I had bought that because I think I would like to see that again. Huh? I will check that yeah. out. And it's called Definitely High worth Ground. Checking out. Uh, it's called The Outpost. The Outpost. Okay. High Ground yep. would have been a better name, but okay. okay. The Outpost. Make sure that you're looking for the modern. There's a, there's the one that came out in 2020 because there okay. is a movie called The Outpost that was a horror movie that it was also pretty good. It's got you know Nazi zombies, um, but you know different different kind of movie. Okay, <laughs> okay. It's, it sounds <laughs> hmm. Thinking I might need to do an Outpost double feature, right? <laughs> you know what I can't find streaming anywhere except to like you know buy it is uh, hmm. that old Sean Connery movie Outland. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a it's it's kind of a futuristic take on High Noon. Yeah, uh, I remember that. I love that movie, and I was like, oh, I wonder who streams that. Nobody, nobody streams. Yeah, it. And that's the frustrating part, you know, when you yeah. find something when you want something. And here's the thing: generally, if something obscure like that, it's not like it's two ninety nine to purchase. No, it'll be twenty you know, bucks. Like, yeah, twenty bucks. And you're like, yeah. Yeah, that's not worth twenty bucks to me. Yeah. Well, if you're, uh, it won't be in HD. It'll be SD. You know, yeah. it's crazy. Well, um, you know, today. And we'll eventually talk about comics, I promise you. Ah. Um, t- today, as we record this, we're recording this on Wednesday, the 15th, uh, was the launch day of the new Peacock streaming service. I have the um, app on my iPad right now. Well, and, th- and surprisingly, HBO Max is not an app on my LG TV yet. 
Um, but Peacock was day one and I downloaded it and uh, I got to say there is a significant amount of free content. And I, I was thinking that it would be like Hulu where they would interrupt the show with the ads, but it appears that it just shows a, a, a stream of ads before the show so that you can enjoy the show ad free after. Oh, nice. Um, so That's I think nice. it's, you know, I'm, I'm very interested. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that was what that irritated the fuck out of me on Hulu, which is why I did mm-hmm. not retain Hulu. Also not a lot there on Hulu that I wanted to watch. Uh, but you know what I, what I like about Peacock is it's got the free platform, so that doesn't yep. hurt you to have it. It's got a four ninety nine that gives you some additional content, but also still ads. And then I think a ten dollar version uh, with no ads at all, and you unleashes all of the content. Uh, I saw that Peacock Premium has Yellowstone on it. I saw that, uh, as but well. I've already paid. Yeah, I, I my plan has been to buy the entire season because they had the entire season for like twenty twenty five dollars, something like that. Yeah. on Amazon and I just I'll just do that when I'm ready to see it but uh, yeah, yeah yeah we'll see we'll see yeah. so in actual comic book news uh, actually a, a, a big news item dropped today Rorschach lives um, DC is producing a Watchmen sequel set 35 years after the original Watchmen um, written by Tom King drawn by Jorge Fornes with colors by Dave Stewart and letters by Clayton Cowles um, and it is a 12-issue miniseries called Rorschach. Can't we call that a 12-issue maxi-series? That's what we used to call them back in the day, Paul. We did, but it's called a 12-issue limited series under the DC Black Label imprint. Uh. So, you know, I, it's interesting. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I will say the before Watchmen stuff I was lukewarm on, but they, they produced some good content out of it. Uh, Doomsday Clock, because of the creative team... And uh, the you know the way it ultimately you know I was excited for it, and when it actually came out, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I gotta say I have no excitement for this project. I don't have any yet, but they really haven't pimped it much yet. I I might get excited about it, but you know here's my here's my problem. Rorschach is based on the question, no, based on the spirit, right? Uh, the question. No, the you're question. right. The question. Um, and I, I'm currently reading the question by Denny O'Neill, and uh, I'm kind of getting that itch scratched right there. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's because it's that that noir, you know, uh, Zen Buddhist sort of uh, take on the world. And and I'm um, kind of getting that scratch. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I just didn't. You know, for me, I felt like I don't know how much left there is to mine out of that Watchmen, you know, book. I, you know, the, the book I want to see is tell me the story of, you know, you've got these characters who left that world, you know, in the DC continuity let's go back there. Let's pick up from that point. I, I think that's maybe the story I want to see, you know, continuing on with the thread that we have in the DC comics. Agreed. You know, yeah. um, for me, it's the, the revisiting that Watchmen universe. One, it seems like you're basically going to immediately contradict the doomsday clock series that just ended, you know? Right. Um, Cause I don't know how you can incorporate that. I mean, they did go back to their own universe. Um, I don't know. For me, it's just, it's interesting that they, they made this decision. And like you said, they haven't pimped it much, and there's still a lot to, to be said. Knowing me, it's Tom King. I'll pick up the first issue um, at least, I, and I hope it's good. It's just uh, I feel like I've gotten everything I need out of that Watchmen book. I, um, I, I kind of feel the same. But, yeah. you know, I I clearly I have a larger appetite for Watchmen than I thought I did because I, enjoy, I very much enjoyed the HBO series and would like them to make a second season of that. Um, you know, I, 
I think they've just got to, you know, give me a little bit more about what they're going to do so that I can get excited about it. I am willing to be excited. They just have to do the work. That's all I'm saying. Agree, agree. So we'll see. You know, we'll see. It, it, it is. Um, I don't know that they, they announced that the series is coming, but I don't know that they announced uh, a specific date for it. Um, well, you know who might get excited about the book, Paul? Who? The Batman Hatton who laughs. <laughs> oh, October thirteenth, by the way. Um, <laughs> so yeah, DC Dark Knight's Death Metal issue two came out today. Surprisingly, I don't know. Maybe it's been four weeks since the first Death Metal. It doesn't feel like it. Um, but regardless, you know, we were we Aaron and I read Death Metal. We enjoyed Death Metal. We were looking forward to issue two. You've got the um, there's a name for it. Like the the Bat Monster Truck has a, a name, and I don't recall what oh, it's, it's called. The- the, the Batmo Beast. Yes. Uh, you know, with the Batmo Beast on the cover. Um, and, uh, you know, continues the story. And Aaron, what would you think of Death Metal Issue 2? There are some things I really like about this book. Um, I liked the appearance of the Justice Society in the book. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed <laughs> uh, what what appears to be Batman identifying who he's going to Lazarus pit to build his new army. Yeah, that's that's what I get. I took from that scene, or, just, or you know, the Black Lantern ring because he does still have that. Oh yeah, good point. But you know, he's just kind of walking around, going, "Gonna resurrect you, gonna resurrect you, gonna resurrect you," or you know, make you undead, as the case may be. But I, I was like, "Huh, that, that's that's I, that's kind of cool. I like that." Um, and I actually liked <laughs> the notion of the Batman Hatton who laughs. Um, yeah. So, you know, not to, I mean, again, we're going to get into spoiler territory here, but they take, yeah. you know, in an alternate universe, Batman and Dr. Manhattan are one, right? Um, just like they have, they introduced the Batum at the beginning of right. this episode, issue, which is pretty funny. Poor, poor Batum. Poor Batum. And so, you know, after the dark, the Batman who laughs has been killed by Wonder Woman, they take his brain and put it into the body of Batman Manhattan. And now... You've have you you have the uh, the Batman Hatton who laughs. Or he goes by the Darkest Knight, right? But he's the Batman Hatton who laughs. Yes. <laughs> um, but what I gotta say here, Paul, is that there's a lot of silly going on in this book, and this is the 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 first issue really promised the uh, the notion of we're gonna go into the prior crises and intervene. And that's what I was looking forward to in this issue. And what this book promises you is we're going to go back into the prior crises and intervene. And so it's, I don't it, think we're seeing that until issue four. God, I, I don't know if I can stick around till issue four. Because I get the impression they are heading to new apocalypse um, to, to save the other heroes. And then they're going to go into the previous crises. Yeah, I uh, there was a lot uh, there, again, there was a lot I liked about this book. Overall, I really disliked it because it's a whole lot of us planning to do the thing. And I felt like we had kind of enough of planning to do the thing in the entire first series, you know, in which they were mm-hmm. doing other things. <laughs> and then we got the first issue and they're planning to do the thing, and it's just all everybody kind of, you know, planning to do their things. You get the Batman who laughs, planning to do his thing. You've got, you know, Wonder Woman and, and Batman planning to do their thing. And I just, you know, I'm kind of, eh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hear you. So I enjoyed the, I will say, I enjoyed the issue, but I feel like 
it was a fun issue, but the excitement for me wasn't there because uh-huh. there was no there's no there was no momentum forward in this. Yeah, movie. No. it was just here's a bunch of fun shit happening at the you know, and it's like okay, well, there's a lot of fun ideas. Like the book is called Death Metal and the Darkest Night and all this stuff, and and horrible things are happening, but it's done in such a way that it really is kind of like fun. Yeah, it's silly. Right. It's right? silly. I mean, right? Um, and so I, I, I enjoyed that about the book. I mean, it's um, silly to the to the point of when they're when Batman is taking his guys to the bottom bunker. You've got it. It's, it sounded very much to me like an homage to Monty Python because mm-hmm. you know you've got the the you know Dark Knights down there going none shall pass, and I mean it just it, it seemed very much like a Monty Python like like it was a, an homage to Monty Python, and I'm like okay. I need if you're gonna if you're going to equate this on the same level as Crisis on Infinite Earths and Infinite Crisis, I'm gonna need you to make it a little bit more serious than it is. You know, and I, I do think that's part of it, right? It feels like when it's this silly, when it's this jovial and fun, uh-huh. it doesn't feel like there are stakes. No, exactly. There's just zero gravitas to the book. Whereas on the flip side with Doomsday Clock or Infinite Crisis or any of those other books you mentioned, like there was some weight. There was plenty of weight to the events. Like there was an impact, right? Whether it's, um, you know, what happened with Firestorm and Doomsday Clock or whatever, you know, that, you know, there was emotional weight and there's no emotional weight here. This is just a fun book. Um, but to your point, if this is intended to be a universe altering book, you know, it, it's it's not done in such a way. Uh, to make me feel like like this shit's important. Yeah, that anything matters, you know? Yeah. And, and I got to say, I don't like Perpetua. I, I didn't like her in anything else that I've read with her in. Um, and so she, you know, uh, takes takes a big part in this issue. And she starts, she, 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 she has this little bit of dialogue. But the beings like me, my kind, hands... If they sense what what's happening here, they will come for the rea- for this reality again, as they did when I first created it. She's calling them hands. Yeah. So I guess what we're so I'm, I, well, and you know that for me that reeked of oh, so we're gonna get heavy metal at some point. Uh-huh. You know we're gonna we're gonna get uh, you know I don't know uh, black metal. Uh-huh. You know at some point like it, it, like there's clearly going to be you know they're setting up that because i thought perpetua was the the up you know the the number one being in in everything right. but no no the beings like me the hands yeah. like okay first of all the hands is stupid but whatever yeah no i that is that's crazy stupid <laughs> I, so, I, I i read that you i've read that i'm going you've got to be fucking kidding me well and it's like are we really introducing new ideas at issue i know we're only in issue two in the second but, series <laughs> yeah in the second series after yeah the justice league arc, like there's really more like, can we, like, I thought we were heading towards a definitive ending, but when, when she said that, I was like, shit, we're going to get six issues of death metal and it's going to set up for something else. It's not going to be a a conclusion. It's going to set up for the hands are the next big bad. Um, and you know, the, the, I will say one of the biggest gripes I had about this issue and I understand it's the Arkham wasteland, but the, but the last few pages of this book, for me, it struck me as odd that Gray Capullo like basically paint had no backgrounds uh-huh. um, as soon as they got into the Arkham Wastelands, and I guess it's because they're the Arkham Wastelands, so whatever, no big deal. But that last page with the Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman robot, 
Uh-huh. You know, they, they, they do this big spread, you know, this big final page spread of this robot. Like it's a big deal. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, we've seen this a thousand times before. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've seen not maybe this specific robot, but I feel like we've seen, you know, the amalgamation of these heroes in a robot form so many times now that there really is no impact to it. Yeah. And yeah. And this one was not nearly as cool as the one they did in the first season in the first series. No, nor the yeah. one that was, cause I think the first time I saw it, the first, the most, the first time I remember seeing it, I know it was done before was in um, the Batman Superman book from yeah. uh, Jeff Loeb and Ed McGuinness. Yeah. Well, and wasn't that just a Batman Superman? It wasn't a Batman. It was Superman just Batman. Superman. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this looks very much like that robot. Um, what I find amusing is, you know, they've, they've, you've got, it's Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman that kind of shares some of the imagery, but all of the, the shape of the anatomy of it is male. Seems to me like there should be boobs here and maybe wider hips. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. Just saying. So, you know, for me, I, well, I, I enjoy death metal. I'm, you know, it, it doesn't have the gravitas of Doomsday Clock. I don't think yeah. it, it's clearly not intended to, but I, I kind of I'm starting to it's starting to creep in that, huh, one, this is really not going to be any type of definitive ending. And two, if it really is going to rewrite the universe, it's going to be done in such a way that probably be a, will be a little bit nonsensical and non-emotional. Um, and yeah, it's not it, it's not an emotional book. There's no emotion in this book. There's just fun and excitement and action. Yeah. And, you know, again, I'd, I'd peg it as silly, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with silly, but they're no. also telling me that this is as important as a crisis book. And I just, I'm not getting it. Yeah. Agreed. But, you know, well, I, well, I will be picking up Death Metal issue three. Aaron, sounds like you're on the fence. I am on the fence. Oh, we'll just have to see. Because I, I, I was frustrated by this read. Oh, Aaron. I was, I was frustrated. I, 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 I feel like there, there is quite a bit of fat on this cut. Mm-hmm. And uh, this could have been trimmed off. You have committed to six issues of metal and 54, <laughs> 53 issues of Justice League, something along those lines. Uh-huh. You're going to you're going to hop out of the last four. I've already hopped out of Justice League. So, well, know. no, I mean, th- 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 I, but you read the whole Snyder arc. Yes. God damn it. I did. <laughs> and, you know, I liked part of it. I liked I liked part of the the, the uh, Snyder Justice League. I, just, I would say it was about half and half. I kind of felt like he crapped the bed at the end there. Oh yeah, just saying. A big old big old smoky turd. Because he was setting up the next thing right there of just in ending. the bed. I mean, what are you going to do with that? You got to go out and get a new bed after that. You're not going to get back in that bed. No. Yeah. And that's what that's why I, that's why I can't read Justice League right now. Because <laughs> there's a turd in your bed. There's a great big turd in that bed. <laughs> I mean, you sound like Sergeant Rock all of a sudden. <laughs> Bam! Turd burger. And now, huh. ladies and gentlemen, here's Wayne. That may be the best introduction I've gotten since I was a teenager doing basement wrestling. You know, I, I shared earlier that uh, you and Paul are clearly beefing and you know can't be on the same podcast together. Um you know, um, it's it's jealousy fighting over Tim's stuff. Uh, yeah. Now yeah. now that Tim's gone, we just have yes. to. And in reality, you're going to take it all and not let us have any of it anyway. But <laughs> that is correct. Our dearly departed Tim. Hashtag R.I.P. Ragey Red Tim. Wayne and I uh, read a book together this week. Uh, we, we shared one copy of it and you know just kind of read it over each other's shoulders. It is Marvel's Empire. It's the next big thing. 
Um, yeah, you got to be pretty excited about it because, you know, it, it is the summer big thing that was supposed to be the spring big thing. Yeah, and it's a good thing we bought it digitally as well because that copy got so wet in the tub. <laughs> well, with you and all the bubbles. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it, this has been a long time coming, uh, you know, both with pandemic and, and all of the uh, the promotion of it. It's got uh, glorious art- artwork, I thought. Yeah, uh, both on the cover and inside the pages with, uh, you know, it's, it's a story by uh, co-written by uh, Al Ewing and Dan Slott. I guess they plotted it together and then Al Ewing wrote the script. The art is by Valerio Sheedy uh, with cover art by Jim Chung and Frank Martin. And the nice thing about the digital version is that you get all of the variant covers with it as well, which is something that I actually really, really like. I, I, I like that they packed all that in there. And, I, you know, normally I find the, uh, the art without the text rather extraneous. You know, I don't, I don't really need to see the, right. the, the art without the text, and, and particularly the, the uh, art without the colors, you know, so you just had the inks. But I really got a kick out of that on this one because uh, there's a lot going on in a lot of these panels. And uh, just to kind of set the table before I kick it over to you, Wayne, uh, I, we complain all the time on these event books that the zero issues aren't really zero issues. Um, and I got to say last week's fantastic four zero issue dovetails beautifully into this book. I mean, I, I felt like, uh, they did a nice job sort of preambling what's about to happen with both the Avengers book, uh, that we read as well as the fantastic four book in particular, the fantastic four book. Yeah, and what it did well was you got to see both teams' perspectives because going into this crossover, I wasn't sure who all was going to be involved, how much of a Fantastic Four story versus is it just going to be a big Avenger story? Mm-hmm. And it really is a Fantastic Four story as well as an Avenger story. And it was nice seeing how both of them come to this point of them meeting together. And they don't immediately start fighting like you would expect out of a Avengers crossover these days. Yeah, I, I, I was uh, rather taken with this book. And, you know, some of the problems that I had in particular in the Avengers book are, are rather well addressed here. Um, you know, it, it's clear that that uh, something is working on the Avengers just to, you know, at, at, because they're so quickly trusting everything that's going on. Um and you can see some of that falling away in this book. Um, the, yeah, that whole Avengers book, I just kept thinking, these people are creepy, but they're just yeah. falling in line with them, but they're creepy. Right. And, and this really enforced that. They were yeah, creepy. It really did. Um, Hulkling, I I really like the character of Hulkling, but I guess I've missed something because uh, I, have, I was not aware that he had left Earth and become the uh, leader of the United Kree-Skrull Empire. I wasn't either, and it looks like he's broken up with Wiccan because he talks about you know, not being happy with magic. Yeah, it seems like a uh, you know a distance romance wasn't going to work out. So uh, yeah, um, I, it, certainly a very interesting uh, image of him sitting on his throne with the sword. And one of the things I'll say about this book, and again, I'll I'll, I'll go back to what I enjoyed about the art pages, is that there are a lot of really 
nifty scenes here, like uh, Iron Man gimmicking Thor's hammer. Uh, Thor's hammer, you know, once again being used as sort of a uh, a targeted missile. You know, it's going to home in on on where it's going to go. Um, I we saw some of that in I want to say uh, Siege, right? Where you know Thor calls his shot, and it's it's kind of very much the same kind of thing here, except Hulkling blocks Mjolnir with his sword, yeah, which is I, an awfully cool scene. I want to know more about that sword. Yeah, there's yeah, got to be was, something really special about it. I love the politics going on, mm-hmm. in that Hulkling knows he's a figurehead, mm-hmm. but he realizes how much good he can do as a figurehead. And you have the Fantastic Four trying to explain to him that he's being used, and he's like, no, I get it. I understand. But I did this, and I stopped all of these deaths in one day. Yeah, no, I thought they did a brilliant job of really calling out everybody's position, right? Because so many times you, you, you get one of these into one of these event books, and it's just the mustache twirling and, you know, I want to destroy everything. And turns out the the Kree scroll under the leadership of Hulkling aren't looking to destroy anything other than the guys who are wanting to take over the universe. Um, and it turns out that the guys who are wanting to take over the universe are the Kotati. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if I pronounced that right, but you know they're, they're Mantis's people from way back in the first Kree scroll war. These are the people that won the. Uh, the big uh, uh, tournament ages and ages ago, and then you know the Cree murdered them, um, and so you know the Cree, the Crees, and the Skrulls have all been anti-Kotati uh, for ages and ages, and now you know the Kotati hoodwinked the Avengers, saying, "Oh no, man, we're we're all about the green. We're all about you know growing beautiful plants, and they are all about beautiful plants. They're all about beautiful plants." using the the, the uh, meat people as uh, fertilizer because yeah, they, there is they a want... painful scene in there where you see all the plants growing and busting through Ben Grimm uh-huh you know busting through the rocks on the thing and it's like oh wow yeah yeah you know this isn't this isn't your mama's uh, backyard garden this is uh this is uh, nasty, nasty stuff because, yeah, it looks like, you know, something has just grown right through the thing. Uh, and it looks like bad news. It looks like bad news. Yeah, and uh, one of the other things, the kids that we saw in that Fantastic Four Zero issue, mm-hmm. I thought they were just going to be new characters that got picked up. They're a major part of the story. So not as much in this issue, though they hint at it in the last few pages. In the tie-in Fantastic Four issue, it starts – in the point of this book where the kids take off with the the two young uh, – the Kree and the Scroll Archive fighter children that they picked up. Mm-hmm. And the Fantastic Four book is what happens with them as they go to Earth. But you see at the very end of this, they – as they're getting ready to take over the uh, – attempt to take over the universe, they want those kids as a sacrifice. Oh, dear. Yeah, you know, I I was in the uh, first issue of Empire. I was actually surprised at uh, the screen time that those two characters got because you know you thought they were just going to be new characters for Fantastic Four. I legit thought that they were just going to be side characters and we wouldn't see them ever again. Because <laughs> uh, you know it had that feeling, right? You know, they were just there for that for that initial story and they weren't going to play a major role. 
you know, in Empire Number One, Reed talks his kids into taking those two kids to Earth so that they can sit out the fight because he doesn't want them. You know, they have fought enough. They've been used by the profiteer. And, you know, he's like, they, they shouldn't have to deal with this crap. Get, take them home. And, yeah, uh, and you get a lot more of their origin in that Fantastic Four book. And you come to find out they're not just warriors. They have the collective war stories and memories of both races. The wow. best warriors of both races have been ingrained into them. So they are fighters. They are the archives of war. And they are major parts of the story that I didn't expect. Well, I got to say, I think that uh, at least with these first couple of books, uh, Marvel has done a tremendous job with Empire. Yeah. One thing I don't like, hmm. I I really don't like this new Ghost Rider, the, uh, the, you know, the car one, that mm-hmm. he can just make any vehicle be his Ghost Rider vehicle. You didn't, you didn't care for the Ghost Quinjet? I did not. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of dug the ghost Quinjet. I thought that was fun. You know, and, and, you know, in contrast, you know, that was a, a small bit of silliness in an otherwise rather serious book. Whereas when you contrast that to the book that Paul and I talked, that Paul and I talked about, you know, death metal, it's just silly from beginning to end with very little at stake in the book. I feel like in empire, you've really got a sense of what the stakes are and the yeah, stakes can- are dire. Yeah, and it is a lot of people are in different places and know different things, mm-hmm. but it definitely seems like the Avengers are being more manipulated than anyone else yeah. until they start to wake up near the end of I also really liked seeing She-Hulk back. Yeah, I wonder how long that's going to how long that's going to be around cuz I I prefer a uh a uh, more mindful, rational She-Hulk. Uh and I I know we're I, I call her She-Hulk because I don't have an image to point you guys to, uh, but I, I know that the character's name is Hulk now. Uh, but you know, I, the Jennifer Walters. How about that? Uh, I yeah. prefer I prefer her more mindful. I prefer her her insight and her character rather than her just being you know ragey Hulk. Yeah, and I'm sure this weapon is also getting in her mind and twisting her, but. It's nice to see her back at least for a little while. Well, and I'm, and I'm, I was kind of amused, you know, because she walks out with this, you know, long handled hammer. And I'm like, is that left over from, you know, crossovers, you know, previously when they everybody got a, got a, uh, got a hammer? <laughs> was that just laying around, you know, an office somewhere? Though it does, it does look to be of Cree design. That's what I was, I was noticing is it looks something more like, uh, Ronan the Accuser might, might handle, even though it's, uh, it's prettier than that. It's amber, I think, is what they what they called it. Yeah. So overall, I really enjoyed the book. I wasn't sure going into it since we didn't like the Avengers one, mm-hmm. but the Fantastic Four and the uh, the Kree Scroll War one were both really good. And this is they they organically grew into this, and the crossover issue of Fantastic Four at least felt like it organically grew out of it. It wasn't one of those. They're going down a Fantastic Four storyline, and now they have to sidetrack everything. Right. It right. No. grew out of what we had just read. Yeah. Now, I, I, I gotta say, I, again, I think they, I think they did a really nice job here. So uh, I'm, I'm in for issue number two. I assume you are as well. I am, and uh, I'm also looking forward to the next issue of the Fantastic Four one because they're getting the band back together. Very the new exciting. Fanta- the new Fantastic Four: Spider-Man, Ghost Rider, Wolverine, and Hulk. Awesome. Awesome. And I think issue number two actually comes out next week. 
yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying. It. I haven't enjoyed a crossover in a while, so yeah. Well, I'm fingers confident. crossed that they stick the landing and the middle part, all the parts in between. <laughs> <laughs> well, great, Wayne. Thanks for hopping on the mic with me tonight and talking about this. Yep. All right. Well, we will now return you to your originally scheduled podcast. Hey, Paul. Yes, sir. What's coming out next week? Oh, oh, I was unprepared for this oh, conversation. Oh, I mean, Whoa. what? What I mean, the it hell? Is, it is Thursday, and we're talking about next week's new – it's not even Thursday. It's Wednesday, and we're talking about next week's new releases. It's pre-Thursday. It's pre-Thursday. It's, it's I mean, Thursday Eve. It's Friday Eve Eve. <laughs> All right. Well, next week we get uh, new issues of – Action Comics from DC Comics, and it's continuing the House of Kent storyline. Um, I like that story. That you know has Connor Kent in it. I'm most excited about Batman issue 95 uh, because that is the official start of the Joker War. Um, you know, and I, I, I you know, I, we haven't really talked much about it um, because I'm the only one reading the Batman books, but really excited for that. Um, I see it in Comicsology, but I kind of doubt that empire number two is coming out next week, unless it's being released as a weekly series or something along those lines, but it's showing on comiXology as next week's release. Oh, they can't put it out there, Paul, if it's not true. Oh, there's that. And there's a whole bunch of empire tie-ins like empire X-Men empire Avengers. Um, so, you know, they're, they're starting early with those tie-in books there. Uh, you're going to pick up Empire, and you're you're going to talk about that with Wayne here uh, shortly, aren't you? You know what's funny, Paul, is I've already talked to Wayne about it. Oh, yeah. you already put it in editing. That is correct. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Look at that. Master so I've had time and space. I mean, who knew who that knew? Aaron was an editing master? Demigod. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if you if you read that first issue of Doctor Afra that came out on May the fourth, uh, the second issue finally comes out. And to quote Sergeant Rock, Dirt Burger. Wayne liked it. Yeah, but what does Wayne know? All of his taste is in his mouth. Well, <laughs> fair. Well, all that and more uh, we'll be talking about next week on Funny. Oh, including one more thing, I do want to mention that um, you know, speaking of de- books that got delayed by the Rona. Uh, the X-Men Fantastic Four miniseries, uh, issue four. I guess the fi- – I forgot that that series existed. Uh, <laughs> issue four finally comes I, out. I got to tell you, that's the coronavirus has done that to me. I have forgotten the books I was reading before pandemic. So, Aaron, I have to ask you something. Yes, sir. Just out of curiosity, uh-huh. are you, are you going to dip a toe in the water on the Joker War? You know, Paul, I, my thoughts on the Joker Wars, I'm very excited to read it when it's on sale on Comixology for 99 cents. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I might jump in. I, I Right now, the answer is no. But you, you know, you'll work on me between now and then. We'll see. I'm excited. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, I, I just a little preface, you know, the Joker has stolen Bruce Wayne's fortune. He knows Bruce Wayne is Batman. So the Joker is the richest man in Gotham City as we enter the Joker War. Yeah, you're not selling it, Paul. It's going to be good. It's, it's going to be good. good. And I don't like punchline, so I'm just uh, – yeah, yeah. I like punchline too. She's good. Yeah, I don't like, I don't care for her. Well, we'll see. Batman 90, 95 next week. James uh-huh. Tignan the fourth. Jorge Jimenez. Uh-huh. That all sounds great, except they're yeah, – it's, it's Batman, and lately I'm not <laughs> into it. I love me some Batman. I got a Batman face mask, Paul. You know, <laughs> well, when I'm out there, you're going to have extra money because you're going to be out on Empire after reading <laughs> garbage first issue. I'm sure. Clearly, you've not listened to uh, to, to this week's review of Empire. Clearly. <laughs> 
Well, let us know what you thought of Empire or um, what you thought of Death, Death Metal or Rorschach's news or Usagi Yojimbo. Usagi or Yojimbo. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> or if you're going to pick up Joker War with me, um, you can hit us up uh, on our social media channels, IOM Geek on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Or you can hit us up on the IOM Geek hotline, 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on this show, you'll win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. Hey, Paul. Yes, sir. I don't know what you're doing this weekend that you couldn't get together on Saturday, but uh, have a great weekend. Hey, you too. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. 